Hello and welcome to Punch a Hole in the Wind, a look at some of the great thoroughbred racehorses who have graced our racetracks all around the world over the last century or so. I'm Ollie Hine and it's great of you to join me on this exciting trip down memory lane. My aim is to both remind you of some of your heroes from years gone by, but also to introduce you to some others whom you may not be so familiar with. We're going to be looking at a very recent champion today, a mare from Australia who found a way to win again and again and again. 33 times in a row, in fact. A record that may last for a very, very long time. Indeed, some horses get a high official rating based on just one brilliant but rather anomalous performance. There are plenty of examples. We shouldn't automatically be suspicious of these assessments, but by the same token, there is little doubt that, overall, most of us are impressed far more by the horses that manage to find a way to win again and again, no matter what competition is thrown their way, and no matter what the going underfoot. And in the modern era, no colt or mare has managed that more regularly and more gloriously than Australian legend Winks. Fold at the Coolmore Stud in the beautiful wine region of the Hunter Valley, she had, in Street Cry, the same sire as US supermare Zenyatta. It was Winx's dam, Vegas Showgirl, who shaped her name, as it was tradition during Las Vegas burlesque shows of the 1970s and 80s for men in the front row to wink at the dancers. She was bought in the yearling sale by Magic Bloodstock Racing, an enterprise set up by a trio of friends, Peter Ty, Deborah Kepitis, and Richard Trawick who had long supported racing, but had hitherto never had a Group 1 winner. Winks soon made a mockery of that. Choosing her for no other reason than she fell within their budget, the filly had an average look to her. Not huge and imposing like Farlap, not all bulging muscle like Black Caviar, but in the Goldilocks zone of just right. She was placed into training at New Zealand-born Chris Waller's stable in Rose Hill, Sydney. Not overly exerted as a two-year-old, she still readily won both her races at local tracks under Jason Collett and in eye-catching times bearing in mind the conditions. Returning as a three-year-old in September, she was upped straight away to Group 2 company and ran away with the six furlong furious stakes at Randwick. Connections started to dream, although that was slightly tempered during a successful but not perfect campaign where Winks, still coming into herself, notched up some promising second places in Group 1 company, as well as a couple more lacklustre efforts. Noticeable to all, though, was her incredible versatility, as she was holding her own in six furlong sprint races, yet still coming second over 12 furlongs in the Australian Oaks. She finally broke her Group 1 duck in her final race of the season, the 11 furlong Queensland Oaks at Doomben. The race was notable for two reasons. First, it was the first time that she would be partnered by Hugh Bowman, who would also sit on her back in all but one of her 32 subsequent races. Second, it started an astonishing streak that was unprecedented in modern thoroughbred racing, as she would win every single one of them. The numbers associated with Winx's career thereafter beggar belief and almost threatened to undermine the sheer enormity of her achievements. It is worth highlighting a few. As a four-year-old, 
in the Group 1 Epsom handicap at Randwick over a mile. She was balked round the turn, enough to crush the chances of normal horses. Yet she gathered herself to pass the field and win, carrying 57 kilos, a record for a mare in the race. Next, she went to Mooney Valley to contest Australia's top weight-for-age race, the Cox Plate over an extended 10 furlongs. Top English, French and Irish raiders tried to lower her, but she sprinted clear to win by five effortless lengths in course record time. By the end of the season, Bowman was unsurprisingly calling her the best I've had anything to do with. She finished the season tied as the world's highest rated racehorse. Coming back aged five, Winks was even better. Taking in eight races, all bar one at Group 1 level, she flitted between seven furlongs and ten and was barely stretched. In her second Cox Plate, against another field of fellow Group 1 winners, she drew gasps as she flew eight lengths clear, making her 13th consecutive victory once again look so easy. Her rating now matched that of Black Caviar, and she was undisputed turf world champion. Bowman and Waller, who knew her best, were keen to point out that she had an indomitable will to win, almost as though she took huge affront to being beaten. Whilst undoubtedly true, there were two other factors that equine specialists pointed to. The first was her balance. Most animals, including humans, aren't as symmetrical as they first seem, and horses can consequently display an imbalance that is exaggerated when running at speed around turns. Not so winks. She was almost perfectly symmetrical, meaning that it didn't matter whether she ran on the clockwise tracks of New South Wales and Queensland or the anti-clockwise tracks of Victoria. She was equally smooth, brilliant and balanced on either. Second was her stride. It wasn't big, far smaller than black caviars, for example. But what it lacked in size, it more than made up for in cadence. In a mile race, the average horse will take 140 strides per minute. Winks, however, was clocking in, incredibly, at 170, an almost unheard of rate that she could somehow maintain throughout the race, when her competitors would be slowing. It proved to be her magic bullet time and again, as more often than not she would come from behind, accelerating past her hapless opponents. And she kept winning. Her sporting owners were enjoying every moment, as was Winks, so they kept her in training. The distances varied. The ground could be firm or heavy, but Winks always found a way. Her six-year-old season followed a similar pattern of eight races, largely group ones, and with a strategic break in the middle over the Christmas period to preserve her. Her closest shave that year was in her first race, the Warwick Stakes, where she completely missed the break, starting many lengths down in a seven furlong race. A patient ride by Bowman saw him finally unleash her in the home straight where, despite looking for all the world that she would get beaten, she won by a neck from stablemate Foxplay. She later took in a third Cox Plate, a feat only ever achieved by Kingston Town, and making her Australian Racing's highest ever earner. She then put in a race record time of 1 minute 33.65 seconds in the George Mainstakes at Randwick. Two of these races saw her coast clear by seven lengths, 
performances that would normally cause stampedes in a Group 1. Yet with Winks, it had become an expectation. She finished the season once more at the head of the international rankings. In winning the George Ryder Stakes at Rose Hill, she broke the world record for most Group 1 victories, a hugely impressive 17. She was then inducted into the Australian Racing Hall of Fame, an exceptional rarity for a still-active horse. But she wasn't done yet. As had happened with Black Caviar the previous decade, authorities at Royal Ascot turned on the charm offensive to lure the superstar to that prestigious meeting on the far side of the globe. And with her versatility, she could have the pick of the races. Winx's connections thought long and hard, but eventually turned it down, saying, The Royal Ascot Carnival is one of the greatest in the world, and would provide Winx the opportunity to be showcased on a global stage. It has been our dream to have a horse race in front of Her Majesty the Queen at Royal Ascot. However, this decision is not about us, and must be based on the best interests of Winx. It was completely understandable, and horse welfare was necessarily paramount. But it did rob the wider racing world of being able to see the wonder mare from down under for themselves. Instead, it was agreed that Winx would have one more season, running at home. Eight again felt like the right number of races, seven of these at the top level. Aged seven she may have been, but this incredible mare showed no sign of diminishing talent and taking in a couple more race records in the process. In the 10 furlong Turnbull stakes at Flemington, she completed the last four furlongs in under 44 seconds. She then did something unthinkable by winning a fourth consecutive Cox Plate, a truly outstanding achievement. Her usual mid-season break was followed by four more races, three at Group 1, culminating at Ranwick in the Queen Elizabeth stakes where the huge crowd, knowing it to be her last ever race, roared her on to a victory that was never in doubt. Bowman didn't want to leave the scene as the adulation poured in. He bent forward to give her a kiss on the neck, at which the cheeky mare made it clear who was boss, and headbutted him, giving him a juicy split lip. The crowd loved it. Bowman was too emotional to care. Winks then retired having won her last 33 races, 25 of which were at Group 1 level. A three-time world's top-rated horse, she had developed a fan club that stretched well beyond her Antipodean homeland. Records may be there to be broken, but one senses that it will be a long time before any horse approaches, let alone beats these figures, or even approaches the cult-like status that Winks achieved in the process. As one admiring commentator pointed out, it's a story that goes beyond sport, embraced by young and old alike, one that will be told for generations to come. To find out more about Winx and other greats from the past, check out my book, Punch a Hole in the Wind, out now and available online and in bookshops. Next time, we'll go to a different part of the world and explore the exploits of another great horse from another era who could punch a hole in the wind. But until then, this is Ollie Hine signing off and saying thank you for listening.